श्रीला गुरुदेव की जाए श्रीमान महाप्रभु की जाए श्री हरि नाम संकीर्तन की जाए श्री गिरिराज महाराज की जाए तिरुबाप महोत्सव तिथि श्री बस पंडित की जाए गौर भक्तवृंद की जाए गुड आफ्टरनून गुड इवनिंग वेलकम टू ऑल ऑफ यू थैंक यू मच फॉर कमिंग इज देर एनी ट्रांसलेशन रिक्वायर टूडे ओके दस दे ट्रांसलेशन सेक्शन ओके सो वेलकम टू ऑल ऑफ यू कनेक्टेड ऑनलाइन एज वेल एंड वी आर टूडे सेलिब्रेटिंग the appear the disappearance say sir hmm? of sri vastakur hmm? this is called tirubap mahotsav or great festival of of separation yeah. so we will share some words tomorrow we will be beginning officially our retreat if i'm not mistaken officially if you will then there is blurred line in between we started yesterday today four days ago i don't know but <laughs> but yeah Tomorrow we'll be starting with our series of lectures on, on Mahaprabhu in, in Jagannath Puri. So it's appropriate that today we are speaking about uh, Srivas Pandit, which has a lot to do with Mahaprabhu pre-Jagannath Puri, huh? Mayapur. I mean, it was not arranged, but it was arranged. Srivas Pandit ki jai. So as we were singing just now, we were singing before the lecture one song by Srila Siddhar Maharaj called Sri Sachinandana Bandana, like prayers to Sri Sachinandana through the son of Sachi, Sriman Mahaprabhu. And there he, he mentions many, <coughs> many associates that accompany Mahaprabhu, that made Mahaprabhu who he is, basically. Because all these associates are personifications of love, or a particular type of love. So they made Mahaprabhu who he is. <clears throat> Can we try a little bit slow, low, lower? Well, thank you. So the point is, without that prayer, Bhagavan is not the same person. To say that one of the four defining qualities of Krishna is Prem Madhurya, or Lila Madhurya also, which has to do with he's surrounded by certain associates which are endowed with a particular type of love, and they make him, if you will, who he is. That's a very interesting theological notion that we're receiving in our tradition, Gaudiya Vedanta. God will appear in different forms, and that forms are a result of the impact, if you will, that a particular type of love have on him, and that make him appear like, like this, or like this, <laughs> or like this. <laughs> no? Sri Ram, Sri Krishna... According to how one person meditates on Bhagavan, of course, not out of whatever idea whimsically I have, but according to what Revelation says, there are some options, if you will. So according to every, any of those, if you worship the deity, the Yoristadev, with that idea, he will appear eventually in your meditation as such. So, for us it's very important this notion of God's uh, associates. I don't know if you get the idea of associates, which means 
the retinue, you say retinue in English? The retinue, the immediate retinue. He's not without them. He's not who he is without them. Like you cannot be a grandson without your grandmother, basically. And your grandmother cannot be a grandmother without a grandson either. No. So you need both. <laughs> so for Krishna to be Krishna, he needs Jashoda, Nanda, Radha, Lalita, Vishaka, Malumangal, Sridhan, so that long list for him to be who he is. He needs so many for him to be who he is. He's so charming, but that charm is connected to the love that all these personalities are directing towards him. So the same applies to every form of the Absolute. So as we spoke, I think yesterday, in the beginning we may not be too much interested about the associates of God, but just God and me. But actually, to have that idea in mind actually means that we don't have a clear picture of who God is, at least our God, if you will, who is, again, surrounded by Prem. Krishna is so charming because so much Prem is surrounding him, if you will. The same applies to Sri Krishna, Chaitanya, Gaur Krishna, Mahaprabhu. So in the beginning of our practice, we may not have certain attraction towards the retinue of Bhagavan, and it's okay, it's not something that we are condemning, Srila Bhakti Nautakur mentions that the interest in knowing about the retinue of Bhagavan appears mostly, I mean, mostly, I mean, in a, in a really intense way, in the stage of Ruchi. Before reaching Ruchi, you may be more concerned about uh, Bhagavan, if you will. Hopefully. <laughs> but once you reach Ruchi, it's interesting because Ruchi means you have a taste for for the practice, if you will. And that includes developing some interest in knowing all and each one of these personalities that make Bhagavan who he is, basically, that define him through their love. God is defined by Prem. That's our theology. The different presentations of the Divine are defined by different shots of Prem, if you will. <laughs> He's receiving. So in the stage of Ruchi, when deep profound tastes arises, interestingly, that has to do with developing some attraction towards who made Bhagavan who is. You start to realize, to realize, not only to know in theory, he's not alone, and who he is is intimately connected with who they are. If you take out who they are, you no longer have who, the, who he is. As my Guru Maharaj used to say, if you take the Absolute, and you take away the Swarup Shakti from the Absolute, the only thing that remains is Brahman like indeterminate absolute, impersonal absolute. But when you bestow Swarup Shakti, which means associates, personifications of Swarup Shakti, Bhagavan takes so many forms, so many lilas are there, and so on. Mm -hmm. So again, as, as we advance, our acknowledgement of, of the whole scenario broadens, expands. It's not only Bhagavan, it's not only my guru and my god, <laughs> but there is much more space for two, for three, for four, and eventually you are thrown in a whole constellation of personalities which have no end. Hmm? Today we were visiting some nearby church here. There were so many nice depictions of Christian saints, one after the other, after the other, after the other. So, Of course, their conception of saints may be different than our, our, ours and the conception of us 
associates and so on, but the idea is basically there. You know? like these people personify a particular type of love, which for us, as we say yesterday, is the goal of life. Our goal of life is not God, but love of God. And, as we always say, even to say love of God is a very generic idea. I mean, when you reach a stage like Ruchi, that you get so interested in the details of, of the associate means I'm interested in the details of love of God. At the stage of Ruchi, the idea of love of God, it's totally generic. You won't be satisfied with that. If, if you say to a Ruchi back that the goal of life is love of God, he will say, that's closer to impersonalism. <laughs> At that stage, to just say love of God, that's so general, so, so abstract, because again, as we always say, love of God. Which type of love for which type of God? <laughs> love of God. What's love? What? Which love of God? Love, love of God is not generic. Bhakti is not a, a, an energetic abstraction. No? Sometimes people say, you have bhakti. Which bhakti? There is no just, just bhakti. Like neutral bhakti. Bhakti is not neutral. <laughs> bhakti makes Bhagavan biased. <laughs> so, so love of God in certain stages is... is I mean, to say the goal of life is love of God, even in theory, just a great achievement on a certain level. <laughs> but on some other level, it's not enough. Which type of love for which type of God? You say, which type of God? Narayan? Ram? Krishna? And you may say, oh, Krishna. And the next question will be? Which, which question? Krishna? Which Krishna? <laughs> which Krishna? Huh? Dwarakish Krishna? Maturesh Krishna, Braj Krishna. So then someone will say, what? Oh, no, Braj Krishna. The next question is? Which Rasa? Okay, you have some Ruchi Bhaktas here. <laughs> <laughs> so which, which, which type of, of love for Braj Krishna, in other words? Huh? Like we have Dasi, Sakya, Vatsali, Madhur, so many options. Someone will say, okay. Madhurya. I mean, it's not that you choose that like if you go to the supermarket, no? Like, I want one Madhurya Bhav for Braja Krishna, no? I mean, that will come out of the unique Bhakti Samskars we receive in association. But eventually, the affinity will one, come in one direction or the other. So, let's say someone say Madhurya Bhav for Braja Krishna. So, the next question will be, which type of Madhurya Bhav for Braja Krishna? Swakiya, Parakiya. Hmm? Married relationship or or the other one? <laughs> Transgression of all moral norms in the name of parakia. So I say, okay, parakia, parakia. So it's okay. Which type of parakia? Sambhogi chatmika, tatat bhavi chatmika. When you look for direct union with Bhagavan or serving the naika or the heroine, which is shirad in our tradition. So I will say, okay, tatat bhavi chatmika. What we call sometimes manjari bhav. And then the next question will be, okay, in which in which Group. In which group and the, the, lead, the leadership of whom? So my point with all this is, go back to the idea of love of God. <laughs> it's totally undefined. And so much specifics are there. You follow my point? No? So the idea is, my, my connection, this is with the associates. Because each associate personified a very unique, specific type of love for God. So when we get closer to love of God, naturally we get more and more interested in those who are possessed of that love of God. Because they become to us role models to follow. Hmm? 
That's what Raghunuga Bhakti is about. You are to identify with a particular mood and to serve under that influence. So I'm saying all this why? Because sometimes the Buddhists may say, oh, today is the, I don't know, whatever, appearance day of Bhakreshwar Pandit. And your life continues as if nothing. <laughs> so that means you're not a Ruchi Bhakti yet. <laughs> no. It's not Gorpurnam, it's not Janmastami, it's not Radhastami. So don't need to fast, don't need to do any fancy thing, we continue. It means you are not interested in knowing which is that particular personification of Prem, which personifies the ultimate goal of life, in one sense. And our Vaishnava calendar, well, Panjika is full of these personalities. So it's, it's interesting that gradually we, we really develop some attraction in knowing more and more about them. So today the point is we are celebrating one of them. The disappearance day, Tirubhav Mahotsav, of one of them called Srivas Pandit. Srivas Pandit Kijai. One of the two pandits in the Panchatattva. We have three Prabhus and two pandits. Three Vishnu Tattva and two Shakti Tattva. <coughs> so, Srivas Thakur, Srivas Pandit, also. He's one of the members of the famous Panchatattva. Panchatattva Makam Krishnam Bhakta Rupa Sarupakam. Bhakta avataram bhakta kyam namami bhakta shakti kam. So bhakta shakti. He's one of the bhakta shakti members, if you will. <laughs> so there are five members. I don't want to get into those details. That may be too much for today. But Srivast Pandit represents one of the two shakti principles. Hmm? Mahaprabhu is Bhagavan himself. Nityananda Prabhu is uh, Prakash or the expansion of Bhagavan. Advaita Chai represents the principle of avatar, divine descent. And then we have the two pandits representing the two shakti departments, Tatasta Shakti and Swarup Shakti. So Sri Gadadhar Prabhu is Swarup Shakti personified, Sri Radha and Gaurila. And today we are meditating on Srivas Pandit, who is uh, <clears throat> the personification, if you will, of Tatasta Shakti. But the perfection of Tatasta Shakti, not just Tatasta Shakti. We are Tatasta Shakti also, personified at one point. <laughs> but he is the perfection, the personification of the highest reach of Swarup Shakti. In other words, he is showing, as Srivas Pandit in Gorlila, all that we can be. We were speaking yesterday about that, our potential, our ultimate potential. Srivas Pandit is a whole portal in that connection. So again, you start to realize, hopefully, oh, these people is really important. I should pay attention to <laughs> who they are, what's their life, what's their example, and so on. So, <clears throat> so Srivas Pandit represents Tatasta Shakti, basically. That's why you say Srivas Adi Gaur Bhakta Vrinda, in the Panchatattva Mantra also. Srivas Adi Gaur Bhakta Vrinda. Srivas and all the devotees of Mahaprabhu, basically. He's representing all of us, in one sense, in the most, again, exalted expression. Also, Srivas Pandit is just a little bit of ontology here. He is connected with Narad Muni, who is also a very paradigmatic figure in connection to the principle of, of the bhakta, of the devotee. And interestingly, Narad Muni uh, is considered like a sadhana siddha, but nitya siddha at the same time. It's a nitya siddha who is acting as a sadhana siddha. 
Because a Nitya Siddha means someone who is eternally perfect. Always a devotee, always associated with Bhagavan. But also in the Bhagavatam we find that Nara Munis himself is describing his previous lifetime. So it seems like he had some progress to, to take. But it is said that only that, that that's expressed only for the sake of us, because he is personifying this very idea of the perfected devotee. Prahlad Maharaj has something similar to do with that. He's considered Nitya Siddha, but acting as a, as a Sadhana Siddha. So, this is an interesting idea, because Srivas Pandit is considered in connection to Tatasta Shakti, but at the same time it's Nitya Siddha. So some general, the general idea is I'm sorry for the newcomers, too many techniques to choose too many new technical terms, but hopefully you, you will survive them to them. <laughs> uh, so Sri represents Tatasta Shakti, but at the same time is considered Nitya Siddha. Sometimes we think Nitya Siddhas are only Swarup Shakti. But no, you can be Tatasta Shakti and be Nitya Siddha also. There is praise for that. There is variety for that. So Sri Pandit comes to to show that to us. Of course, not to us because we are need to see this, not be careful not to think that. <laughs> but to show that that's a possibility also in the Parabion, in the eternal realm. So Srivas Pandit in that sense is again Nitya Siddha, which means eternal associate, eternally perfected soul. We call that also in our terms Ragatmika, which is which is a very interesting uh, concept out of itself. Hmm? Ragatmika means someone who is basically constituted of love, of divine love, a particular type of divine love. <laughs> Not just love, of course. <laughs> hmm? So that's a very interesting idea. Someone who is only made of that, who has never had any other experience apart from that. Hmm? So, also, before entering into some other points I wanted to share to you, with you today, another interesting connection that is made with Srivas in the Krishna Lila, because Narada Muni is more connected with every Lila. <laughs> you cannot limit him to... He appears everywhere. I mean, Ram Lila, Vaikuntha, Mathura, Dvarka, Vrindavan. I mean, he's everywhere. But in a more specific way also, Srivas Pandit is connected to Madhu Mangal. Very interestingly. Madhu Mangal, you know who he is? He's a farcical Brahman in, in the in Krishna Lila, like adopted son of Nandan Jashoda, living in the house. And the dynamic of the unfolding of the Lila on earth, one, he came with Yogamaya, and she kind of gave Madhu Mangal as a, as a gift to Krishna forever. Here's, he put two hands together, okay. He's to live there. He's a Pujari, basically, Nanda. Nanda Bhavan, Nandishwar, in the house of Nanda Maharaj. Pujarian, as good Pujarian, as good Brahman, he has also great appetite. As we know, I won't enter into that direction, but I mean, every time you say Madhu Mangal, immediately you will think about filling the belly, right? because that's his, his standard, basically. You know, whatever happens is in the context of you know, receiving some Dakshina, and the Dakshina always has to be in the form of Prasad. <laughs> Very, very, very nice sections with him. Pasya Rasa personified, if you will, at one point in Brazilila. He's a Priyanar Masaka, and he's also a, I mean, 
he's not a gopa, but he has that particular mood. He's a Brahmin. He's a Bidusaka. So you say also how how is it in English? Like a buffoon, buffoon, no? acting like, like that also. Very interesting. Hmm? So Sri Pandit has has exhibited hmm? during the Hera Panchami festival. We won't be speaking about that, but that's a festival that comes after Ratha Yatra. So there, there was some celebration of one drama, one play they made in Gurlila, and Sri Pandit played at one point started to act like. Madhu Mangal there and there, he was identified as such, but our Purvacharas also. And Jiva Goswami also made that connection in his Gopal Shambhi. So, let's go to Srivas Pandit, let's go to Gorlila. Today we are trying to focus on who Srivas Pandit is, which is his contribution, basically. So he's an elder of Mahaprabhu, in the unfolding of, of, of the Lila on earth. He was born before Mahaprabhu, a good number of years before like one generation almost after. So his wife is called Malini, we were singing before today. And they were kind of close friends, very close friends with Jagannath Mishra and Sachi Devi, Mahaprabhu's parents. So eventually when <clears throat> when Sachi Devi gave birth to to Nimai, Vishwambar Mishra, she received a lot of like how do you say maternal advice from from Malini, from the elder mother of the of the village, if you will, how to raise your new son, not to spoil him. Basically, he was spoiled nonetheless, but that's another. <laughs> so they had this type of, to begin with, at least when Nimai was born and was just a baby, both Rivas and Malini had this Batsalia type of feelings towards Mahaprabhu. Eventually, that will take another form, as as, as Mahaprabhu showed his Vaishnav side. We, we know we know, and we will see how Srivas became one of his main followers, devotees. But in the beginning he had this type of paternal, paternal, you say? Paternal feelings toward him. Even when, when Nimai was growing, not yet becoming a Vaishnav in the, in the Lila, but being an arrogant pandit, basically, challenging everyone, whoever, who, and Srivas trying to give, like, elders, Advice. Elders are there to give advice to the wretched teenage teenagehood. So, <laughs> bhakti is all knowledge and pandithood <laughs> has nothing to do with that. Knowledge is totally mm, useless and limited if it's not connected with mm, the heart. Mm. Like Guru Maharaj will say, you have to use your head to soften your heart. If you only use your head, Heart becomes like stone. Rupa Goswami said that. That's a, the danger of knowledge. You can really become a rock, basically. <laughs> so Srivas will try, and, and, and Nimai will say, now he will treat Srivas in a different way that he treated many others. He was pretty arrogant in the dynamics of the Lila with his equals, but Srivas was an elder, so he retained some etiquette. So he said, by your mercy, Sri Vaspandit, someday I will, I will become the Vaishnava. You want me to become. No? So if we have Mahaprabhu as a Vaishnava, that's why the blessings of Sri <laughs> One way of seeing that. So it is said that Sri was living, he was not born in Navadvip, but eventually he moved to Navadvip when Nimai was born and so on. And he was living there when, he, he, there were five brothers, so he lived with three of them in his house. 
So he was housing, as you will see, a very big family. Hmm? Sri Ram Pandit, Sri Kanta Pandit, and Sri Pati Pandit, and Sri Vas Pandit. Lots of Sri. Hmm? Sri is a name for the goddess of fortune and the ultimately for Sri Radha, hmm? the ultimate goddess of fortune. Hmm? So Sri Kanta was sometimes called Sri Nidhi, different names, but he lived with, his, with three of his brothers and his family. So big entourage there. <laughs> so there's a very interesting story in this connection and, and connected with what we were speaking uh, yesterday, I think. A famous story. Because again, she was sleeping there. He's, he was the main one of, the, of all the brothers. He was not the elder one, but the main one, if you will. The elder was the fifth one who was not living there. I think Neil and Nidhi Pandit. And we were speaking the other day about that, no? Like, one point Mahaprabhu already converted. Now we go to the already Mahaprabhu is converted to Vaishnavism. He's visiting Sri Vas on a daily basis, as we will see. At one point, Mahaprabhu looks at his house and he realizes that Sri Vas is not working, basically. He's not going from nine to five <laughs> to the office or whatever. No, I mean, he's every day in his house and hosting Mahaprabhu and serving the devotees, I mean, which is not a small thing, but Mahaprabhu started to wonder, like, how do you survive, basically? I mean, your three brothers are living here, you have Malini, your wife, there's your mother-in-law here, and so many others, you know? <laughs> so it's like a whole, like three families, in four families in one or something. And he was the head of the whole thing, so, and, and he was never working. So you have like some inheritance or some supporter giving you whatever, you know. So, <laughs> so Mahaprabhu was intrigued about his means, his financial resources, basically. No? So he asked, how do you do? How do you maintain the whole thing? So what did Sriva say? You may know his answer. <laughs> That's a method. Have you tried that one? <laughs> So you can stop all the work you are doing and just three clappings. He said like that. I, I do like this, he said to Mahaprabhu, with full devotional naivete, <laughs> full innocence. I said, I clap one time, imploring to Lakshmi, the goddess of fortune, to provide whatever I need. Nothing happens. Two times. And if Nothing happens three times. And if nothing happens at the third time, I go and drown myself in the Ganga. <laughs> <laughs> but it always results, he says. <laughs> I'm still here. I never drown myself, he says. No? So it, sound, it may sound like victim consciousness, like if you don't provide, I will kill myself or something. But it's not from that side. I mean, he really has, has faith. We were speaking the other day about faith. And, and of course, there are levels of faith. And yesterday we were also speaking about faith. So, the point is, if you really have the level of faith he has, you can stop publishing books and doing all this stuff, Krishna Karma, and just all day long, like clapping, and kirtan, and Krishna provides. <laughs> all of you can cancel all your engagement and just simple clapping. That's your financial trick. No? <laughs> mm -hmm. So again, of course, I'm just one level. I mean, it's serious, it's real. At the same time, I'm joking. Be careful of just imitating Srivas. Because as we say, one thing is 
to follow in the footsteps, another thing is to imitate. Anukar, anusar. So anusar means you take the essence of that, you learn from that, and you know how to apply yourself according to where you are in relation to some of the extribas. But if you have the faith, Krishna will provide. I mean, that's stated in the scriptures over and over again. So again, it's not laziness. Because as we will see, Srivas was fully engaged in the service of Mahaprabhu. He was not just like having a nap, one nap after the other. He was really absorbed in gaze, in facilitating Mahaprabhu's kirtan. I mean, there was nobody like Srivas Pandit as a facilitator for Mahaprabhu's kirtan. And this is the promise of Krishna, that's the point. If you really surrender to me, jijana paripashati, this is a famous verse in the Bhagavad Gita. Krishna says, Ananyas chintayantamam. For he who is with undivided ananya attention, jayana paripashate, worshipping me with full love, I will provide him what is lacking, or her, what is lacking. I will keep what they have, I will provide what they need, and we could add to that, and we'll take away the excess of that. No? Because there are some things that we shouldn't have. So Krishna will do that integral, comprehensive job. And this is a famous story. In this connection, we can share that, and it is further illustrate this point. Because again, this is not just flowery words. It's not puspita bachana. Puspita bachana means flowery words, like, oh yeah, yeah, he's saying, this is artabad, exaggeration to make a point. No, no, that's that's true. And there was one, <clears throat> one devotee once, as you may know the story, he was, his service was a Brahmin studying the Gita every single day, one verse. So he came out with this verse. This is in the ninth chapter of the Gita. In verse, I think, 21 or something. So he reads this. And he reads the last line of the verse. Yoga kshimam bahami aham. So bahami, bahami means, in Sanskrit, the verb implies, Krishna speaking this verse, I carry what they lack. And the, the implication of the verse is, the verb is, I personally do that. It's not that I, I organize some agency to deliver that to the person. No, no. I do. I give that with my hands. So the devotee was reading that say, I think here, the, I mean, he wanted to say that he will somehow make the arrangement for that to happen. But it's not that he will come to my house and bring that himself. So there must be some editing problem here. So, so he like crossed, crossed the word, Bahami, and he wrote Karomi, Karomi, which implies, I made, I made that happen. Somehow I made the arrangement. So he crossed the Gita, he crossed, and he went for daily Madhukari, because that, that's a, the custom of Brahmins in, in Vedic society. They went for, to beg alms, you say, Madhukari, and whatever they receive, they will eat that on the day. If they do not receive anything, they fast. If they receive more than what they need, at the end of the day, they distribute that in charity to others. So the idea is every day they begin in zero, like depending on whatever Krishna wants to give. So he went for Madhukari. He didn't receive anything that day, <laughs> interestingly. <laughs> and meanwhile, before he returned home, the, the wife of, of this Brahmin remained at home, and some knocking was there on the door. So the wife opened the door, opens the door, and there is one small boy, charming, dark, bluish 
deep or with the whole market basically fruits and vegetables and grains all all that was available in the village was there at, at their door so she was like what's going on here someone called from Amazon to bring all this to my house <laughs> <laughs> so she she asked I think you are you are in the wrong door. I mean, we are so poor. I mean, we don't have anything. You, you are bringing all this to us. No, no, my, your husband made me bring all this to you. My husband? Okay. I mean, that's not so kind of him, making such a small boy bring such a huge amount of stuff. She started like to mm, frown. No, how do you say that? To... Yeah. Yeah. Okay, you can enter for a minute and take rest, she said. You might be tired of bringing the whole bunch of things and... I will prepare something for you to. And when she's making him enter, she realizes that she has one. He has one. How do you say scratch? Huh? Wound in her. In his, oh, so, and she said, "What happened? That was recently done." Oh, it was your husband. <laughs> also, also your husband. So you can imagine. This time she was on fire, not frowning, but <laughs> smoke coming in and like a dragon or something my husband I married the monster basically <laughs> I start to to get to know such I mean I thought he was a Brahmin I mean he's the opposite of a Brahmin what I mean she was already she was waiting for him to come basically so okay you enter please and I will get some medicine to kill that and prepare something and he was waiting little boy was she went to the kitchen and meanwhile the Brahmin comes a little bit like this, not discouraged, but no Madhukari that day. So we'll have to fast. He came with the news to his wife. We'll fast today. But when he enters and starts to see, like, seems we won't fast today. I mean, there's so much. Thing. So he enters the kitchen and he, he, he sees his wife and asks her, like, who brought all this? And you can imagine the, the glance of the wife. I was like, this. <laughs> Like, he didn't need to say anything, basically. On top of all this, you, you act like if, if you don't know what happened. <laughs> who brought this? No? <laughs> who brought this and who is the child no? also in the living room? And what's the one there? You will ask all those things, she said. And say, which, he said, what's, what are you speaking about? <laughs> you know what I'm speaking about. So you have to confess. I married the monster. I just said something. <laughs> Catharsis. So, so the Brahmin said, I don't have a clue what you are speaking about. You are speaking about the child, yes, the child, the child who is there ble with blood, ble bleeding in the living room. Which bleeding room? We, 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 living room, sorry. Which, which bleeding? Which child? There's nobody in the living room. So she said, there's a child there, yeah, yeah. There's no child. So they will, there's no child. So she starts to wonder, like, well, she was here, he was here. And I was preparing something for him, and he told me you made him bring all this stuff. And this, he had like a scratch here. Hmm? So when she made like this, he like, he looked at the Bhagavad Gita. <laughs> that was closed when he left, now it's open. So he went, he started to feel some, his guts were telling him something, something's going on. <laughs> Intuitive, you say intuitively? So he went to the Gita, and the book was open right in the verse. Huh? He he read in the morning, and he scratched the word, remember, Bami, and put Karomi. So now he saw on the page, the word Karomi was scratched again. 
Oh, top of that, say Bahami. <laughs> with, with capital letters. <laughs> so, so then he realized, oh my God, Krishna came. Krishna himself came to confirm his own words in the Gita. I myself bring what my devotee needs. So he started to cry and faint. And, you know, so in this way, this is a famous story. It's connected to this ideal of Sri Vaspandi. No, like, and Krishna will do Without a scratching in this case. <laughs> there are many verses in the screen. In the Bhagavatam, there is also many verses like this. Tanman manas matanam adartityakta daihika ityakta lukadharmascha madartitam vibharmiham. Krishna says to Udava, the gopis, now we go to the, my gopis have left everything for me. Everything. Society, family, what, what to speak, food, everything. So, I mean, how can I not just provide whatever they need. I make all the arrangements for that to happen. Even I provide for their husband, the so-called husband, all their family. I maintain everything in connection with my surrender devotees. So, in this way, Sri Pandit was, through this very nice lila, he's ex- exhibiting the perfect example of Saranagati, we could say. Saranagati. Saranagati means surrender, basically. And it has six angas, or six limbs. One of which is the swarup lakshan, or the defining attribute, and the other five are the defined attributes, tatastha lakshan. So one is the main one, and the other five are a byproduct of the main one. And the main one is... The, mm-hmm, the, one is the, the main one is the one that Sri Vaspandit is exhibiting here, Goptri Tuebaranam. Means acceptance of Krishna is my maintainer. I mean, it's not just saying that. I mean, we can say that, it's a good point, beginning point, but to really act out, as we said yesterday, your belief, to really live as if that is true, <laughs> because it is, that's another whole, whole thing. So she was, was really convinced about this. I mean, Krishna is my maintainer. Try to try to meditate about that, and, and and it's important we ourselves try to reflect back on us and say, okay, how I deal in my in my daily life with this principle? How much do I believe that myself? <laughs> how much still I doubt that such thing will happen? And so much do I feel I need to de- do this, this, this because if not, mm. this won't happen. Like in playing, I'm in control yet. <laughs> And we forget this idea that if Krishna wants to provide, will provide even if I do not do anything, even without clapping. <laughs> and no matter how much we do, if he won't, don't, doesn't want to provide, he won't provide. Mm-hmm. For some particular reason. So this is a very deep principle. Mm-hmm. To accept that Krishna is my maintainer. Yeah, to accept that Krishna is my protector also, trust in that. But to accept that he, I'm being maintained by him. Hmm. Whatever comes to me is by his grace. Every, everything is instrumental, but he is behind, especially again in the context of a devotee. Hmm. As much as we try to surrender ourselves to Krishna, he takes full responsibility. I mean, he's, as once one devotee said, and it's simple, but <laughs> it was like an aha moment for me. He said, this simple thing, three words. Krishna is real. I mean, 
there's someone there. <laughs> because sometimes we forget that and we just like recite our mantras like to, to the either only. <laughs> Throw our prayers to the wind and hopefully that will reach somewhere but we really forget how how much of a person is on the other side if you will. I mean at least it's as a person as I am, of course. He's a supreme person, the supreme personality. But to begin with, as least as I am a person, there's someone else on the other side, <laughs> the supreme person, Param Purusha. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a maintainer. Mm-hmm. So it's important to, to trust that principle. Of course, again, that's not an excuse for laziness. You have to understand this point. It's not just, oh yeah, Krishna maintains me. And, and you are actually exploiting others in the name of Krishna's maintaining me or something. No? Because if you say Krishna maintaining me, he will put you to test. And maybe someday you will have to fast. <laughs> and he will see, let's see, if he continues saying the same thing. And in five minutes he's calling the su- going to the supermarket or something. <laughs> so, like a famous example of Madhavendra Puri. He will just honor Prasad with a similar line of Srivas Pandit, basically. Madhavendra Puri has this standard. There's some name in Sanskrit for that, I cannot remember now. But basically the idea is, if Krishna wants me to eat, he will make he will make the arrangement for me having prasad. If he doesn't want, I don't want to go against his will. So I won't force the circumstance for me. So I will move. <laughs> so sometimes he ate, sometimes he fasted. And when he had to fast, it was not a problem for him. It was not like Krishna already two days fasting. Well, next... <laughs> Third day, I mean, if not, I will start clapping. Let's hear this. Different standards of this idea of Gopitri, but I know. So that's an special idea. We sometimes feel Krishna's maintaining me when everything goes nicely and everything is a success. Oh, Krishna, thank you so much. We have we have to fast. I mean, fast in some, not for food necessarily. We are fasting from so many different things sometimes, for money or for whatever. And, oh, is Krishna distracted at this point he's not doing I'm here yeah. and maybe that's the moment when he's putting the biggest attention on you who knows <laughs> something like this yeah. remember he's providing what we need keeping what is okay to have <laughs> and retiring what is no longer necessary so Saranagati has to do with all the things that Krishna maintains me means all this comprehensive process and trusting he knows how, how to ornament me Put whatever has to be put, take out whatever has... Like, a, no, uh, my guru must give this example of the, in relation to the guru, who is like the personification of this principle in the life of a disciple. How does how it in English? Interior decorator? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have heard that example, maybe. Like an interior decorator. So you pay to that person. <laughs> you, you give something of yourself, if you will, and the person will enter your house and will start to destroy everything, basically. To begin with, I will throw. This is no. This is not good. This is not necessary. This that is not good here. And you are saying, but you are destroying my whole house, and I'm paying to you. And he said, no, 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 no. This is just the foundation work. On top of this, we will start to decorate. But to begin with, we have to take, do the weeding. You say, uprooting the weeds. How do you say in English? Weeds. Yeah. Okay. So, 
This is Srivas Pandit, the personification of this Goptri Tui Varana. And of course, we need such a person for, for hosting someone like Mahaprabhu. Remember, Srivas Pandit is the, the ideal host also. Host, you say? Yeah. There's a whole big culture in India of hosting. In India, they have, in the Indian tradition in itself, they have this idea of Atiti Devu Bhavan. Atiti Devu Bhavan, which means an uninvited guest is as God Himself. I mean, a guest is as God Himself, as, if he's uninvited, especially <laughs> more closer to God. Because uninvited means you were not expecting the person, but suddenly came. So that's sometimes how God comes to our life. You were not expecting that particular visit in that particular way, but it's there. So you are to be a, a good host. So Sri Vaspandit was a, the best possible host. He was hosting Mahaprabhu <clears throat> on a daily basis in his courtyard for his daily Rasa Kirtan, hmm? Sankirtan there. Hmm? His very name indicates this. His Srivas and his courtier is called Srivas Angan. So, Angan means courtyard, Sri means Sri Radha, and Bas means residence. So, the courtyard where Sri Radha resides. In other words, the courtyard where Mahaprabhu, in the mood of Sri Radha, every single night performs, resides and performs. Sankirtan, or Rasa Kirtan. This is say that Sriva Sangan is the parallel of the Rasa Stali, of the place where Radha and Krishna and the gopis execute. Rasa Lila every single night in Vrindavan. There is every single night Rasa Lila in the form of Rasa Kirtan <laughs> in, 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 in Srivas Angam. And so many pastimes there in this Srivas Angam. I mean, we cannot I mean, begin to speak about that. That's too much. Mahaprabhu exhibiting his Mahaprakash Lila for well, how long? 21 hours <laughs> in, in the mood of Bhagavan, generally showing darshan to Srivas among others. And there is a very nice pastime in connection to to Srivas and, and, and to his hosting capacity mm-hmm. <laughs> in this connection with Sri Sangam. You may know that one. I hope the 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 the, 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 the recent parents do not yeah. get scared with this one. Yeah. <laughs> because there is a pastime in which Srivas son dies. Young son. Only son. You can imagine. Tragedy. Meanwhile, Mahaprabhu was performing Sankirtan with his associates ecstatically. At one point, the only son of Srivas Pandit dies. A young boy. So, somehow Srivas gets to know about this. So, he goes, he heard some mourning, you say, mourning, crying in the house. So, he goes and he says, like, his, his wife, his mother-in-law, and some other inhabitants of it, crying, crying because of the loss of the child. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, so what did she was say? Mm-hmm. Say, he basically said. <laughs> Sorry. Kept the curtain going. Kept the curtain going. We are not to inter. Mahaprabhu, our Prabhu is tasting. Higher mellows, I don't want him to be disturbed at all. This is the most important thing here. <laughs> so, I'm not saying that as a sannyasi. Sri was saying that as a grihasta. <laughs> all this will be connected to 
as we'll see to Srivastas, a really ideal example of Grihastha in one sense. It's too ideal, maybe, and too scary, because he's too ideal, but he's an ideal. So he was saying, well, your son died. Our son died. I said, well, what can be a better moment to leave this world than when our Prabhu is doing Kirtan? To begin with, you know, he tried to make to put the situation in context. And he's tasting so deep rasa here, I don't want to interrupt him. So please, do not cry. It's not the moment. Because that may be heard by our Prabhu. He may be disturbed. And I don't want to create any disturbance for him. And if you keep crying, <laughs> again, he has this resort. I'll throw myself in the Ganga. <laughs> <laughs> he had this, this ace of spades. To throw. Okay. <laughs> Ganga is close here. I throw my... So please, do not disturb me. Again, this is not something against having children or whatever. It has to do about the point of... And this is a, a difficult one, of course, for sure. If you have to choose between your child and Bhagavan, who is in, in, in the top priority list? Hmm? I, you don't have to reply. I mean, you reply to yourself. But the point is, for us, Bhagavan is in the topmost list. For us and for every spiritual tradition. You have to go love God above every 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 above any other person. And only because of doing that you can love any other person properly. <laughs> That's the idea. It's not that we put God first because we don't love the other person. Because we love everyone else or we want to love everyone else, we put love God we put God first. Because that put in context all other relationships. Mm-hmm. You follow my point? Yes. With all respect to all the present mothers. I have my mother also, for sure. <laughs> I don't think I will tell the story to her, but... (laughs) (laughs) So the point is, the Lila is not over here, and it serves to make a point. It will end with a very happy end, so no problem. So Mahaprabhu keeps engaged in Kirtan, and at one point he expresses, of course he's omniscient, but in the Lila he's showing some divine illusion, so he doesn't know what's going on in parallel. But he says, I don't feel the, the usual the light that I, I feel here always. There are some different lilas when Mahaprabhu says that. Someone hidden that shouldn't be there or whatever. To say, I'm not feeling the usual joy in Kirtan now. Did some tragedy happen in the house? And he asked to Sribas. And Sribas said, no. <laughs> I mean, he really believed that. Which, which tragedy can happen with your shining, beautiful face present here? I mean, if you are here in my house, singing and dancing with your smiling face, how can a tragedy... Try to imagine the point. I mean, if you have Bhagavan residing in your house on a daily basis as a guest, which tragedy can be there? He's making a point. <laughs> so how can there be any problem? But of course, the rest of the devotees who knew about that, they told Mahaprabhu. Actually, something happened. And Srivas' only son died. And Mahaprabhu said, what? Yeah. Recently? Seven hours ago. <laughs> Why didn't everyone, anyone tell me? Because Srivas forbid us to say, to speak about that. He, he threatened to throw himself into the Ganga. <laughs> he didn't want to disturb you, your, your experience in Kirtan, basically. Um, you can imagine, no? <laughs> 
And she would say, yeah, I, I, I did that because of that, actually. My son died, but if for some reason your joy in Kirtan will have stopped, I would have died, he said. I mean, just the very thought that your joy is interrupted, that will cause death to me. So that's, a, again, a, a very high teaching. I mean, try to imagine, you are so identified with giving pleasure to the Divine, that whatever can interrupt that it's, will be the cause of your death. Hmm? You have to really love Krishna for say, saying something like that. You have to really love Mahaprabhu. In this world, we can die or go crazy if we become poor, if our girlfriend left us, or our, I don't know, football team lost the, the final <laughs> play in the World Cup, or people suicide and do weird stuff about it. I heard the other day one person who won the lottery and, 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 and was. And the next day we went to, to, to receive the money and lost the, like the whatever, the paper that showed that he won. And he killed himself. One, the, next, the previous day was the quote-unquote happiest person on earth. The next day the pendulum went to the other extreme. So you kill yourself because of that type of things. She would say, my standard is different. <laughs> If your delight is interrupted for a second, I, I find no reason to continue living. You have to think deeply about this, not just feel like shocked, oh my God, he didn't love his son. That's not the point of the story. And of course, how did Mahaprabhu reply to this? He started crying and crying and crying profusely by feeling, how, how can someone love me so much? He was willing to, and his only young son died. <laughs> and he, his, his, his concern was not to make me suffer. For, I mean, and Mahaprabhu started to cry and cry. How, how, can I, how will I abandon such a devotee? Mahaprabhu was saying, basically. How can I abandon? My, my joy is his joy. My distress is his distress. Pretty beside Nanda, Tata, Shraya, Nanda. The, the joy of the object of my love is the joy of the vessel of love. And, and at the same time, the distress of the, of the object of my love is, becomes my distress. Total identification with the object of our love. That's, that's a goal, actually. To develop an identity of service means that. That you fully identify with the necessities, if you will, transcendental necessities of the object of our love. So, the story continues, Mahaprabhu, after crying, actually he brings back the boy to life. So the tragedy is over for him now. So the boy come back, comes back to life, and he starts to instruct everyone. I mean, he's like a boy of whatever, two, three years, but he starts to pick like a sage of, a totally seasoned sage, instructing everyone about the nature of the body and the soul and the temporariness of this world, and we should remain sober and know that like this foundational Vedantic discussion and everyone in the house becomes like enlightened. I mean everyone or most of them are need to see this, but in the context of the leader it's like oh <laughs> all these material attachments and they come from <laughs> look in the context of the Nara Lila they are like wow now we are sober, now we understand no need to lament basically like this. And after saying that the boy says, okay, now my, my journey is, is, is done here. I have to continue. Whatever you wish, I will continue. And he, the boy passes away again. 
online continuously, but not anyone is no longer, no one is lamenting now. And then Mahaprabhu says to Srivas, from now on, I mean, you have shown such a love for me, from now on, me and Nityananda will be your sons. You have no children now? Me and Nityananda will be your children. And we will never, never leave you. So he ended up having two. For the price of one, I'm sure. <laughs> but there's a whole point in this type of lilas. And this, of course, shows how Srivas was identified of, of nourishing the mood of Mahaprabhu. Very refined conception. How to take care of the experience of my deity, if you will. Similarly, when Surup Damodar was filtering all the poetry and all the offerings that came to Mahaprabhu, Surup Damodar will first read if there is no apasiddhanta, no rasabhas, no improper mixtures of mellows and philosophical uh, irregularities. So Mahaprabhu can hear that. Because he knew if some of that is there, he will be so disturbed. Mahaprabhu will be so disturbed. And nobody wants to disturb him. The other day, Pranada sent me one quote, very interesting. I will share that with you. From Sila Siddhar Maharaj. Uh, let's see. From, uh, I think, Encounters with Divinity. Man Mahaprabhu ki. Well, it's taking some time. How's it going? So, here it is. So, Silas is speaking in Follow the Angels, page 120, just in case. It's in context of Siddhanta, because someone may think, why is so much emphasis in this Siddhanta, knowing the proper Siddhanta, and knowing if the fact is inherent or not, if we fall from here or not, or whatever. So, Silas Maharaj says, in connection to what we are saying also, Apa Siddhanta, or philosophical adulteration, strikes very harshly. It was Swarup Damodar's service to examine any poems or writings for purity before they were taken to Mahaprabhu. If writings with Apasiddhanta were offered to Mahaprabhu, he will be, be he will be he will be very severely disturbed. Apasiddhanta cruelly attacks the ideal of the higher thinking persons. They may be offended we shall try to enter into that garden without disturbing any plant or person roaming in that sphere. We shall enter not with curiosity, but with all humility and respects for them. Otherwise, our talks will be pure intellectualism and not Harikata. <laughs> So in this way, hmm, Shiva Stakur showed this concern with not disturbing the mood of, of gore. Hmm. Interestingly, maybe in our present situation we are more concerned about our own disturbances and, 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 and how not to be disturbed, <laughs> basically. And it's okay, there are, there's a place for that on some stage. But in higher stages, we are concerned about how not to disturb the particular mood Bhagavan is in. Hmm. So that's an important point that Sri Vastagur is showing us as, as necessity for entering into this Rasa Kirtan. So Sri Vaspandit then, after Mahaprabhu accepted sannyas, some few brief words before finishing, uh, 
it is said that for many associates of Mahaprabhu, when he accepted sannyas, it was like too unbearable for them to continue living in Navadvip because it was just like constant remembrance of he who is not any longer there. So many of them moved outside of Navadvip. She was, was one of them. He went to a place called Kumar Hatta. And it is said that Mahaprabhu, that was one of the main first places that he went after accepting sannyas, as you know, he was taken <clears throat> in it by cheating by Nityananda to Advaita's place at Shantipur. But on the way of that, they visit Kumarahata. <clears throat> so, again, he went to pay, Mahaprabhu went to pay his visit to Srivas Pandit there. Nonetheless, they went to visit Mahaprabhu every single year to Jagannath Puri, as we will be speaking these days, every single year for Chaturmasya, many devotees from everywhere went to Puri to spend with Mahaprabhu for months, including Rathiyat and all the things we will be speaking about these days. And it is said that also Srivas regularly went to visit Navadvip, even though he could no longer live there, he went to visit mainly Sachi Mata and tried to give some consolation, you say, some support, some company, Vishnu Priya and some other associates, the, the ones who were left basically, hmm? spending some few days there. Hmm? So, some words about Srivas Pandit, who, as we say in the beginning, represents our, our fullest potential hmm? as the Shakti. As we said the other day, for us, we have two types of unknown. <coughs> our subconscious, the shed of the subconscious is the unknown, and we may be a little bit scary to open the door of the shed, but also our most bright potential is also unknown to us yet. And we may be scared because just because it is unknown. As Sri Pandit is personifying our brightest potential as the Dasta Shakti. So we may be a little bit scared of Sri Pandit. Hopefully not. That, that can happen. <laughs> and again, why? Because the fear, it's important to understand that fear that may be there is because that personality, in this case, Srivas Pandit, is inviting us to go out of the comfort zone and change. And change. And become all that we can become. As yesterday, Krishna Karanam was asking, why there are so few, so many few, like Mahasadhus? So, so very few, so, such few Srivas Pandits, if you will. And I think that Another way of replying that I was thinking after that, of course, on a personal level, each of us is basically to ask, why I'm not there yet? And you will, each one of us should have some reply to that. Why I'm not there yet? So that reply is the reply to the question, why there are not that many Srivas on it? <laughs> because this thing that made, is not allowing me to be there yet still remains with me. So by doing that properly, there will be one more. One more Srivas, if you will. One more Tatasta Shakti showing its brightest potential. That, that, the answer is basically there. So Srivas is trying to, <clears throat> to invite us in that direction. As a perfect devotee, as a perfect Grihasta, as a perfect host, <clears throat> as a perfect father also. <laughs> uh, to, to, to change, again, to change, which is, again, it's such a... It feels so so risky from the comfort zone perspective. It feels so risky to change. 
there is no risk whatsoever. Philosophers will say, in the beginning of our practice, we will feel our subjective experience will be too much risk mm-hmm. and little gain. Mm-hmm. He said that that's the psychology in the beginning. Oh my God! You know, after hearing Maharaj giving this lecture, too much risk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Following Sri Vaspandi, too much risk, little gain. As we progress, we will feel differently. We will feel the the more. The more the risk, you say, the more the gain. Mm-hmm. As much as I risk, there's gain in that risk. Mm-hmm. That's another take to the, the same situation. But in the ultimate vision, you will perceive no risk whatsoever, all gain. Mm-hmm. The risk was just a misperception, mm-hmm. like a, a distorted, misplaced value that made me think I'm risking something. You fall. You are not risking anything, because strictly speaking, to begin with, nothing belongs to you. So what are you risking? <laughs> and all gain again. All is there to gain. There's no loss, strictly speaking. So someday we want to reach that platform. No risk. No risk. Chilasimas also will say all all of our problems arise out of a. Out of the lack of conception. We have la- we lack in conception, and that creates problems. The more we get proper conception of things, of everything, there are no problems, no risk, no danger, no fear, no problem with change. That's the point. Again, we were speaking about change and the and the risk we may feel. Oh, I have to change today. I, I shared one quote in my Facebook. Like, uh, how do you say in English? those things that you published like three years memory. back? Memory. Memory, thank you. <laughs> it was a quote from one psychologist. He was saying that, he was speaking about hearing and how difficult it is to actually hear. I mean, it seems it's easy, but it's not easy. Because he said to hear the other person really means to, I mean, to hear the person. To hear the person means to enter into the person and to let yourself be transformed by whatever that person is or has to say. It's not just a formal thing. Okay, tell me. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you. Now I have my thing to tell you. No, you didn't hear anything. <laughs> to, to hear someone means you are being influenced by that. You, it's, that's transforming you. That's making you change. And again, we are fearful of changing. So it seems we hear. No? I remember also Richard Rohr said something similar. Someone asked what about love? See, love, we are so, af- I mean, it's, we have so much fear of love because to love someone also implies, of course, to be loved. And to be loved by someone means that that person that loves you will transform you. You will no longer be who you are now. You will become something else. Not something less, ideally, but something more. But will change. And generally, we are so attached not to change because to change means. You are here and you have to move out of the comfort zone there. <laughs> it's like, I don't know that side. It's unknown. We have fear of the unknown. <laughs> but if you have fear of that, you will never love anyone. You have to understand that's how the rules of the game. To love means you will no longer be who you are. We have fear of changing that. But at the same time, we are not satisfied with who, you, who we are. <laughs> so that's the paradox. I don't know who I, who I are, who I am, but when the, cha- the change of 
the chance of changing comes. Oh, no, no, no. You go back to the comfort zone. Like, oh, oh, such a shelter. I, but after five minutes, I'm feeling uncomfortable here. <laughs> so you go, you go out, I'm fearful of what's going on beside this bo- bo- boundary, this border. So you return. That's samsara. You run fear here, fear there, fear here, here and there. The unknown of our potential outside the comfort zone and the unknown of our unconscious shed when you return to the comfort zone. So fear is driving us. And that's, that's, not, that's the opposite of love, basically. So, again, no fear. Do not fear Sri Vaspandi. That's the conclusion of our talk. He's a very friendly person. He represents our ultimate potential because of him. He hosted Mahaprabhu, and from his house, the Sankirtan of Mahaprabhu exploded into the whole universe, and we are a byproduct of that explosion, basically. And all this explosion that went outside the house of Srivas, as my Guru Mahesh will say, is pointing back to the courtyard of Srivas Sangam. That's our entry point in eternity, basically. That's when we, we want to enter. Our ideal as Sadakas in Gorlila is to enter the Kirtan of Srivas Thakur forever. No return ticket, basically. That, that's the portal. All the Sannyas of Mahaprabhu, the Siksha of Mahaprabhu, all the Sambanda Gyan, the tours he made, all the conversions he made. <laughs> all is converging back into this Srivas Angam, this house of Srivas. He will be singing and dancing Rasa Kirtan in full, feeling himself at home in Srivas Angam. So that's that's our hope. Mahaprabhu experiences something in the Gambir in a very intimate way. No, almost nobody is able to enter there, just a few people. But that same experience and more, we, we could say, it's available in the courtyard of Srivas Pandit forever. And we are invited there. So, hopefully, uh, by the blessings of someone like Srivas Thakur, Srivas Pandit, <clears throat> we can, a day like today, increase a little bit our flame <laughs> of longing and trying to get all closer to all that he represents. So, some words we wanted to share today in honor of Srivas Pandit. His Tiro Bab Mahot of Titi Ki Jai. He was Patakur Ki Jai. So, I don't know if there are any questions. We have some few minutes before sharing uh, person. Who? Okay, who raised the hands first? Okay, Namrasana. <laughs> I found the story about Shivastaku. I've never heard this story. Which one? It's about Krakow. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, my question You can is, try. <laughs> 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 I'm not Krishna Karan, continue work. Continue work. But you just. saying that without work, no one can be dangerous. So, anyway, my question is. It's a level of instruction. <laughs> <laughs> So, Maharaj, could you share with us if you have some personal experience that, because you are sannyasin, uh, that Krishna protects you in every situation? Uh, if, and I'm also very interested if you consider uh, this issue before when you took sannyas, yes? Because it's, yeah, it's quite out of comfort zone, yes? <laughs> yeah. It's paradoxical because, yeah, sannyas is ideally, it's not a comfort zone. But also you can really 
misunderstand the whole science thing and really use that to remain in a comfort zone. If you are not sincere and properly situated, you can really get attached to Kanaka, Kamini, Pratisha, all the things that will cross your way uh, as fame, followers, money, and all this stuff and that can create the ruin of your sannyas vows, if you will. So it's tricky because, again, sannyas is not about that. And one of the main qualities of sannyas is abhai. So abhai means fearlessness because, again, it has to do with getting out of the comfort zone and generally that's scary. So, in, in, I mean, for, for you not to go paranoid in that attempt, <laughs> you have to be willing to to do that job and, and survive that, of course, in a sustainable way also. I mean, it's not that... And sometimes also I tell the devotees, okay, sannyasi, you may feel a sannyasi is more advanced. Not necessarily always. Not necessarily a sannyasi is, is a superhero or something. I mean, it may be, or but it can be. Can, I mean, so many things can be there. <laughs> and in one sense, all of us are to develop those qualities also. It's not, okay, the sannyasis are to be up high. We can continue being fearless, uh, fearful, and he will help me to not be fearful. He's the one us. Doesn't work like that, but but yeah, I, I think that I mean beyond a particular example, I, I could say that every single day, what comes to my life, and, and, and it's really a very clear proof that that Krishna is, is maintaining me. No? I mean, Actually, I do not think about that too much. It's interesting because, I mean, he, he has been so <laughs> overwhelmingly clear in showing that to me that, like, implying, stop thinking about that. I take care of that. You're concerned about other things. So, okay, thank you. <laughs> and it happens. I mean, it's like, I mean, of course, sometimes some things like this may happen. Like, But I, I, I don't know, for example... Money, of course, I don't need too much money. Maybe sometimes I need to fix my daughter or something. But, <laughs> but, but that comes, comes. And for me, I'm, for me, that's out of the comfort zone. <laughs> you follow? I mean, for some people, getting money is comfort zone. But for me, it's uncomfortable because I don't know what to do with that money. <laughs> What I will do? I mean, I cannot buy 300 egg dotis and invest the whole... And I, 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 don't, I don't... Sometimes this may break, I may need to fit, but generally it's like... But it was funny because the other day, in, in the United States, some donations came. I didn't have a clue about that. Maraj, Maraj. And by Krishna's grace, I, I've never been like interested in money. So I think that's why also money comes. It's, that's how it works. You are not interested, it comes. <laughs> because people be, people feel, oh, he's not attached to that. He may know what to do. So, no. Again, I'm not saying I'm better than anyone. I'm just like, by Krishna's grace, that happens. And some donations were coming. And I was wondering, what I will do with all this? I mean, I was like having a headache. <laughs> and I was thinking, okay, I will buy my ticket to this place that I will travel next. And, and, and Sandra would say, I, I paid the ticket. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So now what? <laughs> and some extra donations were coming. It was becoming like a. I, I mean, I don't, I didn't want to be thinking about that all day. But I, and and it was funny because in Argentina, Vaishnav Maharaj told me, "Oh, I, I'm I'm now 
I'm planning to fix the whole temple there because we live in an island and, and sometimes the water gets up and, and gets the house gets flooded. Just like if you are here now and the river goes up and the water will come till here. So you can imagine, it's a little bit impractical. We are accustomed, but <laughs> he was thinking, okay, we will, I will try to, to make the house a little bit higher so whenever there is flood, there is no water entering. So he said, well, can you help me with some donation or something? Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> so that's for me also a way that I feel Krishna is helping me. Not only the donation is coming, but how, what to do with the donation also. <laughs> because it's the same thing, if you will. I mean, it's, it's not mine. No, it's Krishna's Shakti. So Krishna Shakti comes, okay? So Krishna Shakti goes. To, but you have to know what to do. I mean, because it's not about just... Receiving, because Krishna may maintain you and give you things, but if you don't know what to do with those things, that they are entanglement. So I, I feel really blessed. Again, it's not my my personal capacity, but yeah, I, I, of course it's a big commit. It's a great commitment because Krishna may have made that. Maybe at least till now. Maybe tomorrow I'm speaking out this out loud. Tomorrow may come my financial disaster for the rest. That can happen also. So I should be ready to walk my talk. In that moment also. <laughs> but, <clears throat> yeah, I feel that's a, a, a big commitment because, okay, every, all, all those details are so much in place that, of course, the idea is I'm inviting you to take deeper commitment with some other things. You don't need to concern with that, but you need to concern with this. So, I'm willing to do that or not. That's the point of this. And that implies getting out of the comfort zone furthermore than that. <laughs> Even though externally it makes him, oh, you are so comfortable, everyone is cooking for you and paying the ticket here and there, so you are in your full in your comfort zone. And I can be, it's a dangerous situation if I'm not really focused. But if I really understand what's going on, I will understand, no, no, this is actually an invitation to, to get even further from my comfort zone by taking a deeper commitment. Of course, I have to do that. It's not just saying. And that's, of course, sometimes maybe easier than some other days. It's not every single day the same. But, but yeah. So I share my testimony. And again, my point is, try to understand, it's not my testimonial. It's not that, okay, well, okay, with you, Krishna is doing his part. But with us, he's, no, no. I mean, it's the same with all of us. It may take different forms. <laughs> But we should always understand, this is Krishna protecting me, maintaining me. Uh, in the form of giving of a donation coming, or in the form of a thief taking me all my money on the corner. I mean, in one sense, <laughs> I have to, that, that's our, our challenge. I have to keep maintaining this vision. Krishna is maintaining me, Krishna is protecting Sometimes he will give, sometimes he will take. Sometimes he will give, sometimes he will take. I mean, it's all his Shakti. So... <laughs> I shouldn't care. I mean, it's all his own Shakti. So he can do whatever he likes with that. I am his own Shakti. He can do whatever he likes with me. It's not only with Maya Shakti and cows and car and money. I am also... I belong to him. And I want to surrender. I want to be a puppet in his hands. So, I mean... I, I, I'm giving him voluntarily the right to do whatever you like with me. Of course, I'm saying that out loud and I'm sure after the class... <laughs> the test will come immediately. <laughs> and on some level you will realize, oh my God, I still, not I'm not willing yet to that. On some level. Some level I'm willing, on some level I'm not. 
So there you have realized, okay, this is your news, the new step to, to achieve, short-term goal to achieve, and so on. But at least we, we should have that faith on some level. Krishna is protecting me, Krishna is maintaining me. And of course, especially in, in the moments that I perceive as difficult. Mm-hmm. That's the, the real moment of, of the test. No? He is protecting me, He's maintaining me. If I'm not seeing that, if I'm not perceiving that, I mean, I have to, as Silas Samaras will say, change your angle of vision. Do not try to change the situation, change your angle of vision. Keep changing. <laughs> again, change. <laughs> and change means again, change. Change. <laughs> but not as a cruel thing. Again, try, d- d- be careful not to feel anything, any of these things as negative. If we have a taste of mm, negative, again, that's the pinching we were speaking yesterday. <laughs> and maybe we are not able to fully understand the bigger picture now with all things that are coming. But eventually all those things will be really crystal clear. So we have to to have faith. Because there, are, there have been clear situations where we really know Christians there. I mean, it's not that we never felt that. And I have forcing myself to believe this weird histor- history. <laughs> no, it's not like that. At some moments we may lose sight and think I'm drowning, what's going on here. But we also remember some other moments that was really like undeniable. So take shelter in those moments. <laughs> and remember, this is part of that in another presentation. Krishna has different styles and tastes, so he wants to taste all the different modes. <laughs> Something like that. So one more question from Hari Charana. We close the session today. Since How did uh, Mahaprabhu revive the boy? <clears throat> Basically say, wake up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's how it's described in, in Chaitanya Bhagavad. So it is described. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not making up the story. <laughs> that's there in Shastra. He said to the boy, wake up. Wake up, boy. And he woke up. Again, it's Mahaprabhu. He can do whatever he likes. Wake up. We woke up. <laughs> he woke up. He gave a whole discourse. He left and continued. Sounds like magic, but that's reality. (laughs) I know it's not so easy to wake up. No, he's telling to us wake up, and we keep sleeping. Yet (laughs) he's saying jib jag, jib jag, jib jag. He will turn like jib jag, like some how do you say this? (laughs) Megaphone or whatever. (laughs) Jib jag, jib jag. We are okay. <laughs> uh, a little bit more. Five more minutes. <laughs> Clock alarm, Mongol Arctic. Five more minutes. <laughs> we know those five more minutes. <laughs> so, yeah, it's like this. Wake up. He was willing to wake up also. The point is, I'm happy to to us wake up also. But there has to be willingness in our side. So, it takes time because it was a deep sleep, considerable susupti for uncountable <laughs> lifetimes. But gradually we are opening one eye, opening the other, stretching out a little bit. <laughs> He's stretching out to us, stretching out, you said? We are stretching in another way. <laughs> so. Okay, so we'll stop here. Thank you so much. We will tomorrow continue starting. Tomorrow in the morning we have Q&A. In whatever topic you may like, not necessarily something connected to, to what we have been speaking these days. 
and tomorrow in the afternoon, evening, we will continue or start officially with the series of lectures on Mahaprabhu's visit to, to Jagannath Puri. Sriman Mahaprabhu ki jai, Thirobab Mahosatiti Sri Vaspandit ki jai, Srila Gurudev ki jai, Sri Harinam Sankirtan ki jai, Sri Raj Maharaj ki jai, Gaur Bhaktavrinda ki jai, Gaur Pemananda Hari.